0: The fan pregame, baby. We're back. Ailish, back from the dead. Good to be in here. <laughs> I was recovering uh, couchside for the last couple of days. So thanks to Jesse Rubinov, Donovan Bennett uh, for filling in. Appreciate yeah. that. Good to be back. I'm sure we'll get some breaking news, hopefully, during this show. It's a hockey-heavy one tonight on the fan pregame. Atlantic Division foes, Tampa and Boston going head-to-head on the network at 7 p.m. Frank Saravelli will join us in a few minutes. Trade targets. Morgan Riley news pending. We're waiting. We'll give it to you as soon as it comes. I feel bad for Kipper and Bourne that just did a two-hour show and they didn't yeah. get the news. <laughs>
1: Four hours since Saturday night, and they won't get to talk about the suspension. We don't think, at least until Wednesday. But while we wait, we'll tee up the first of an unspecified number of games played without Morgan Riley for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Blues in town to face on uh, face the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll have it on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan and we'll break that down with Luke Fox in about a half hour
0: um lots to talk about scotty barnes related today if you caught the raptor show and you caught the end of last night's game it was a tough one left the court early after this beat down by victor Wembanyama and spurs pascals in town tomorrow i assume the next 24 hours are going to have a lot of discussion about the faces from the past the faces of the future and a little bit of tension in raptors land but definitely tomorrow we'll have a pretty heavy raptor show
1: before we get to riley because we need your thoughts on riley what snack at the end of a disappointing loss are you going to eat on your way to the locker room?
0: Not gummy bears or worms. No? Then what? Uh, I wouldn't just be.
1: Oh, you're ultimate professional.
0: <laughs> the protein bar I just crushed here.
1: I, I do like <laughs> a Swedish fish on the way. <laughs> uh, I think that would be my sulking snack of choice.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Something sour, so you make that face that's that true. you're upset that's if true. you're not. Um, so okay, we're we're still, you know. The game's in one hour. Maple Leafs play in one hour. We don't have news of the Morgan-Riley suspension. I wonder for you, okay, is that a bad sign? Because this was supposed to be an in-person meeting, the only, the second in-person meeting all season long. So clearly the emphasis on how the severity of the situation by the Department of Player Safety was perceived that they had to have Morgan-Riley come into New York. Snowstorm hit, ends up being a virtual. So wouldn't that make it quicker? Wouldn't that make, we know how to use Zoom. We just did it for five years. Like... I'm surprised it, it's now one hour less than an hour to puck drop. Obviously, Morgan Riley isn't playing. They need to make this announcement before this game if it's going to include in suspension. So it, I kind of feel like they're going head to head in that room and nobody's budget. Yeah,
1: I think they'll just make the assumption that it'll be at least one game for Riley. <laughs> uh, they probably have those assurances, mm-hmm. so that they probably are not working against the clock. But you're right about Zoom. Like no one wants to spend uh, too much time on no. Zoom. You just get it done. Never. Again. I think it's probably a good thing for the Maple Leafs though that. It's taking a little while because then I think there's an argument. And I honestly do believe that the Maple Leafs, who are run by someone who used to run that department, are putting the full court press on and trying to make their arguments and trying to lawyer up. Uh, Yeah, metaphorically, uh, the best they can in order to get this cut down to a more manageable number. I do think he'll be suspended, but I do think because it's taking a little while that maybe they got a case. And frankly, I believe that they have a case that it should be less than the potential six or more. So I guess we'll see. We'll continue to have both sides fight about this. Uh, (laughs) I guess it's not enough to be this inflammatory that it just has to last for 72 hours or more before we actually get a decision,
0: and then think about how much time will, it'll take for the Morgan Riley appeal, which hopefully isn't as long as this has taken. Um, speaking of, I guess good news. Frank Saravelli joins us. The best, uh, news. The best news ever. Uh, DailyFaceUp dot com, of course. Frank, how's it going? Do you have any news for us? <laughs>
2: No news, but news is coming. I don't know if it's going to be by game time, but I think it's going to be on the way shortly thereafter, if not before.
0: How could it not be before game Like I don't know the rules on this, but... When, well, there's, when I mean, you have know? to
2: remember, there's a lot that goes into it. It's mm-hmm. not just um, a tweet. There's a press release. <laughs> there's a video explanation. Mm. There is contacting player, team, agent. There's a whole list of a bunch of things to go through in order to make the announcement. So um, it's not just quite as simple as that. And you mentioned sort of the logistics that they had to jump through today, not being able to do it in person with the blast of snow that we got here in the (laughs) East. um, But really just, um, you know, there was a, I think there was a pretty, I, I don't, you know, not for certain, but I think, you know, Justin is right on it in saying that the Leafs, most definitely from the people that I talked to heading into it certainly had a full-throated response Mm -hmm. today for the Department of Player Safety
1: yeah that's what I wanted to touch on Frank is it it like Shanahan time like Kyle Shanahan (laughs) just failing is Brendan Shanahan going to get his W today or over the course of the last couple days I mean he used to run the department Uh, he has experience if you really want to fight it I mean he'd have some counterpoints I'm assuming, like, how involved would Brendan Shanahan or how involved would the top of the Maple Leafs food chain be trying to argue and win this?
2: Oh, he'd be very involved. And um, Brad Tree Living, of course, has been pretty persuasive when it comes to the Department of Player Safety in the past. And don't forget that there's an NHLPA component to this, too. Usually, John Gerba, their attorney, is the one that does a lot of the arguing and handles the case from start to finish. But prep wise, how many people can speak to the process and precedent and history better than Brendan Shanahan? So this is not just for precedent. This is for the Toronto Maple Leaf season. Like we're talking about the potential of 5% or more than that of their season to be played without their top defenseman, and not just their top defensemen. We're talking about, you know, on a really thin defense core, this team sort of being hung out to dry for, you know, uh, p- the potentiality of up to two weeks of action. Uh, if Morgan Riley isn't available to them, there's no other player on this team that can do what he does. And that's a significant chunk of their season when, you know, margins to make and miss playoffs oftentimes fall to much less than that.
0: So maybe my perception of this is is not as uh, informed, but I saw Austin Matthews talking about his experience with the Department of Safety where, I guess player safety, um, where he just felt like his bed was made when or it was already, like he got on the phone and it was already decided. So... Is it, in your understanding, like more of a discussion, more of like, let me propose my case, like, you know, suits the show. I'm picturing it like suits where they come in and they lay down like all these lawyer words. I just thought that they just tell you what's up, you know, is that not it?
2: (laughs) No, it's a pretty uh, advanced or involved process. Mm. Um, Typically, if it is in person, you're in the, the NHL boardroom with 32 seats at the table, you're Uh, you've got your, your agent there, you've got the NHL, you know, PA agent and representatives, your GM, in this case, maybe your president of hockey ops, there's a whole group of people there and there's a process to it. And, um, it's usually very detailed. Mm -hmm. The thing is when it comes to an action, like the one that Morgan Riley did, um, a sort of, you know, kind of blatant cross check to the face a non hockey play that occurs after the whistle. There's not really much in the way of explanation. Like it, it's more or less kind of obvious. I I was angry that this guy took a slap shot on our empty net and I took it out on him. I'm not saying that's the words that he would use, but it's different than a hit that's in open ice where you can explain your process or a hit along the boards or something you can explain to them. Hey, I, this is what I saw. This is what I was thinking. This is how I interpreted it with my brain. There's just not a lot of wiggle room that's left over in this case, when it comes to Morgan Riley for this specific incident, much like with the one that Austin Matthews was suspended for that you're referring to, there's not really a lot of gray area there. The action is more or less the explanation.
0: Um, I'll ask you just your quick number that you think it would be. I'm just I'm going to read a tweet. Kevin Weeks, uh, breaking news. I'm told Maple Leafs Morgan Riley will receive a five-game suspension, so take it as you will. That's just from Kevin Weeks. Um, but I think five seems to be in the ballpark. I, I don't know what you thought, Frank, but uh, that's what Kevin Weeks is saying.
2: Yeah, and look, I, I'm not privy to that. I've got my messages open and up on the screen mm-hmm. as we're talking now, and I don't have anyone telling me that. Um, but I, my prediction, and you can go check out from today's Daily Face Off live. I, I said five games. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not because Kevin Week said it. My thought process <laughs> okay. the whole time had been one less than David Perron. That um, when you consider that situation, Perron going after the wrong guy very similar disciplinary history that Riley has with Perron, meaning nothing to speak of, a, a mostly, you know, sort of sterling reputation and career, a, you know, an action that kind of was born out of anger. And that's the end result. Mm-hmm. The difference being that um, in this case, as mentioned, Ron didn't even get the correct guy mm-hmm. and clearly just took it out because he saw his teammate laying on the ice. In this case, Morgan Riley did get the right guy. There's lots of debate. Did he? Did the stick get him right away in the face? Did it ride up off of the shoulder? Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. I thought five games Uh, in this case was fitting. And, and you didn't ask me, but by the way, I do love the slap shot. That's a... You do. What do you like about the slap shot? I just, I I think we need more spice. Like there's a reason why people love WWE and watch it and not saying it should become fake or contrived or anything like that. But this has been now a topic of conversation for three consecutive days in the NHL. And I know that some people are tired of it, but instead of make hockey violent again, my advocacy is for make hockey spicy again Mm. You can take the slap shot into an empty net. People may not like it, but it's well within your right to do it. And if, you, if they don't like it, just be prepared for some response and repercussion. Had Morgan Riley not cross-checked him in the face and just grabbed him and they tussled, we're, we're probably not talking about it that much today uh, other than to say, hey, what about that? What, why did he take the slap shot? So I don't know. I'm all for it. I just like the spiciness.
1: I guess ultimately, and I'm all for, you know, a little hatred in hockey is, it belongs there. Frankly, it it does. Uh, But if you're going to be endorsing the slap shots, you're going to be endorsing the action that follows every single one of those slap shots. There's not a person playing the game of hockey who's not going to be slightly aggrieved or very aggrieved by that sort of action, whether or not it's commonplace or not. And I guess it bothers me that, hey, if Morgan Riley just started filling him in with punches, he probably wouldn't have been suspended at all. And yet a cross check that rides up the shoulder from someone who was talking about winning the lady bang a month ago uh, is maybe a five game suspension. And we'll wait on that officially. Uh, let's and to, to be
2: fair. Like if you do begin punching someone in the face, like I still think it should be a suspension, especially given the time of game and the situation, but probably doesn't rise to five games. It,
1: it probably doesn't. And it probably would have saved Nazem Kadri those years ago. If he didn't cross check Jake DeBrusque and instead threw punches at him. Anyway, Brad Marchand a thousand games tonight. It's on Sportsnet. Uh, I don't know how many games he's lost to suspension, but I hope it's more than Morgan Riley all told given the bodies of work. Is. It definitely yep. is. definitely is. Uh, is this, still I can the- assure
2: you he's the only person I know or only player I know that's been, that sacrificed while wow, well, much more than a million dollars in his career in fines and suspensions. Really? Wow. Okay. And yet
1: a thousand games this is a thousand games. Uh, and we'll play that tonight. Uh, Where is Brad Marchand at in his career? Is it still the same old Brad Marchand? It seems like it's been a little bit quieter. Of course, there was a maturation process there for him. But is this still the dominant player leading the line for the Boston Bruins? Is he slightly less than compared to maybe three, five years ago? Where's Brad Marchand at currently for you?
2: Oh, I think he's still the straw that stirs the drink for the Boston Bruins. And I think when you consider really like his career arc in general and how he arrived at this point. And there was a great story a couple of days ago on NHL.com from Amelie Benjamin that really took a deep dive into his, his psyche and thought process as to how he arrived at this point, a guy that was sort of always a thorn in everyone's side and the absolute pest to play against that blossomed into one of the elite play driving wingers of his generation and it, it, a lot of it's just confidence, according to Brad Marchand. The idea that he, you know, realized he could play on the stage at the World Cup of Hockey with the very best players on the planet, and he fit in. You know, before that, he was getting invited to a Team Canada ID skate, and was like, Steve Eiserman, kidding? Like, why is he calling me? Like, he even he wasn't sure that he fit into that category. And I think he's launched himself into now this guy that's to me, a, a surefire Hall of Fame player um, that has been, you know, such a consistent force in the league over the last decade. And even he has exceeded probably even his wildest expectations, soon to be turning 36, you know, at at one point was thinking, you know, hey, I, I'm, you know, I could potentially be on my way out here, um, you know, at some point with Patrice Bergeron. And, and now here he is, and he's got, you know, looks to me like plenty of game left.
0: I still think he's underappreciated. Maybe that's just because of our market here. Uh, He's not the biggest uh, fan in the Toronto area. But, uh, I mean, when you see him at the international level, you start to love him then. And
1: and you make a good point with the World Cup of Hockey where Mm -hmm. he came onto the stage. Well, he hasn't had that opportunity to follow that up in a Team Canada sweater, maybe clouding or at least affecting the way (laughs) we look at him as People that cover sports in the city of Toronto, which by and large does not like
0: Brad Marchand. That's correct. One uh, thousandth game tonight. We've got that on Sportsnet Tampa and Boston at seven p.m. Uh, Frank, you've been writing a lot about those Calgary Flames uh, and some of the assets that they have and may or may not move. Uh, your latest one up two hours ago, uh, Noah Hannifin. So, what's the latest in terms of some of the big names player, big name players in Calgary, if they can be moved, if they will be moved? And Jacob Bartram, of course, one of them that didn't want to be moved. So, I, I wonder for you like how uh, how far along are we to understanding where the flames are at in this process
2: oh they're in the process of moving them and uh, you know the longer this has stretched on I don't have anyone definitively a primary source that would have direct knowledge of the conversations that has indicated that Noah Hannafin has told the flames he's not resigning there but it certainly feels like that has been the decision that um, the flames are sort of well down the track of of beginning the process to move on from Noah Hannafin. Uh, As I've mentioned, they've got the market cornered on defense. They've got not just in Hannafin, but also in Chris Tanev, the two premier rental defensemen that are available. And then on the Markstrom front, um, I'd be real curious to see how and if that develops any further. I don't think there's any ability to reconnect with New Jersey based on the way things played out. My understanding is that New Jersey and Calgary had a deal in principle that they agreed to last week that for whatever reason, didn't get across the finish line and had nothing to do with Jacob Markstrom. Mm. He wasn't the person that scuttled this deal. So um, they were again, pretty far down the track on getting something done and it just didn't, it didn't cross the finish line. So I don't know why that is, and with regards to Markstrom, I just don't know how big the market is outside of potentially a team like New Jersey for teams to sign up to take on as well as he's played that type of term. It's not incredibly significant, but the extra couple years, the game of goaltending musical chairs, teams realize that they there's like 30 goalies or 35 goalies up for grabs every summer. There's no real need to get locked in unless you feel like that person is not just, A, a difference maker, but you really crave the stability and or don't have anything else in your pipeline that might be able to be a difference maker. You know, I don't know how big the market for that is outside of New Jersey.
1: Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff on the line. So Frank, Alexander Ovechkin suddenly hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, every uh, every game so far in February has got a goal. Goal in five straight games. His four goals in February as much or in February as much as December and January combined. Uh, renewed hope that Alexander Ovechkin won't stumble to the finish line in Wayne Gretzky's goals record.
2: There is for me. I mean, he's on pace now for twenty two. And it's way more than that if you consider the recent success, as you mentioned. Can he get to 25 this year? I think he can. 25 would put him at 847, needs to get to 895. I mean, you can, it's clearly right there in front of you, if not still off in a distance based off of how he played at the beginning of the season. I think my big lingering question is for maybe the greatest goal scorer of all time, not scoring this year has not been a result of a lack of confidence. It's actually not also been because Nick Backstrom is no longer there. If you look back last year, he still scored 40 and Nick Backstrom didn't have one primary assist on any of Ovechkin's goals that were scored this year. It had been, he hasn't, he's not able to skate. He's not able to get to the spots that he's been to in the past to have success. He's not moving as well. That part has been abundantly clear. My only lingering question is what happened in Dubai where he spent the All Star break and bye week? Because he looks like a different player since then. He was in Dubai. Did I miss that? He was posting pics on his Instagram from okay. Dubai during the bye week and All Star break. Wow, maybe some. I mean, some people go to the Bahamas. Some people go to near Bahrain. I don't that's, know. That's that's far.
0: Good for him. Wow. Okay, we learned something. It new was every a time, long all yeah. slash bye week. <laughs> yeah, break. That's not a quick trip to you know Cuba. Um. All right, Frank. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We'll chat with you next week. Appreciate it. Have a good week, guys. Uh, Frank Valley, president of hockey content at dailyfaceoff.com. I did not see O V in Dubai picks, but I'm going to have to look them up <laughs> through the break because that's that's quite the trip. Uh, we saw a lot of guys in, like, you know, Tulum or wherever, but Dubai is also well, I mean,
1: first-class Dubai, I'm sure a, I'm sure, I'm sure it was Emirates fine.
0: over there. That, that plane is I'm sure crazy. They took really
1: good care of him in I'm Dubai. sure
0: they did. Um, so if you missed it earlier, we're still waiting for the official news on Morgan Riley suspension. Uh, one... Report is from Kevin Weeks, of course, saying, uh, I'm told Morgan Riley will receive a five-game suspension. So that is our one piece of information out so far. We don't know for, for sure. Okay, but, but for let's, realsies, let's but
1: educate hypothetical. Are you okay with it being five games?
0: I'm just okay with this being over. <laughs> no, come on. Come on. No, I don't think it's a five-game suspension. No. No, so I'm not okay with it. Who cares what I think? I just mean like I'm, I, this is what I, this is what I care about. If this is five games, like, let's figure out some sort of procedure or ruling that we don't all have to talk about this for four days. Like, crazy people on Twitter just have a standard Department of Player Safety and live by it. Right now, it's like they're throwing a dart at the wall like me at Dublin Collin on a Saturday night okay. and hitting whatever they hit, right? Like, it's it's... It, that is the part that frustrates me the most, is that they just need to have, this is it. It's five games. Okay, then the next time this happens, it better be five games too. And the next time it happens, it better be five games too. Like, if this is the new standard you're setting, here's your opportunity. Everyone's going to hold you accountable because it happens in Toronto it's such big news that the next time a player does something retaliatory, uh, we're all going to pull up this video and you're going to look at the Morgan-Riley suspension as five games. So if that's the new standard, so be it.
1: Yeah, if you reach a conclusion based on subjective means which is what it feels like Mm -hmm. right dart out of board uh because you see all these different suspensions Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out what's worse what's what's within reason and how we should grade all these then let's use subjective information and that is morgan riley's history he's been around this league for a long time he was a lady bing candidate five minutes ago (laughs) at all times And that doesn't mean he's lady bang every season. He gets involved Mm -hmm. when he needs to get involved. And the thing about this that bothers me the most is that every single NHL player is going to have the same reaction to what Ridley Gregg did. Every single one. And you could go down to any other layer of hockey that you want and everyone's going to have a similar reaction where it's just not cool. And at that level, there needs to be a response. Claude Giroux talking on Hockey Night in Canada after not supporting his guy. Yep. Josh Norris basically is saying the same. You don't know what you're going to get out of Ridley Gregg. That's expected if you're going to do what the Ottawa Senators player did in that moment. The the cross check deflects up off the shoulder. This is a guy who normally 99.9% of the time plays within within his means and has no suspension history. I just think if you're going to use subjective analysis – Use the subjective information that is also applicable here, and it feels like uh, it feels like this is very harsh at least for me, mm-hmm. and Austin Matthews, who got two games for cross crosschecks on Rasmus Stalin a couple years ago, I feel like that one was worse if i 'm being honest, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I feel like it's an unfair it's pretty unjust, and if it 's five games, uh, I feel like every leaf fan should be pretty aggrieved by the decision
0: well i 'm sure we will continue talking about this when we do our Leafs pregame next after the break. But before we do that, let's take a quick look at some best bets for today. Um, How about Ridley Greg, Greg, Ridley Greg 380 to score tonight. It's happening in the heel here. You know it's going to happen. And I also have Brad Marchand scoring tonight, plus 165. You also know that's going to happen. It's this one thousand game. They're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a big Atlantic, you know, rivalry night. So uh, that's my real pick. And then to add that, you know, Toronto's Greg, most hated. Greg what, to score an empty netter? What's the
1: price on it being in an empty net and <laughs> yeah. hammered 70 miles I per hour? It. I love it.
0: I've Only put 70 it in. miles
1: per hour, by the way. Uh, I'm going with the Blues tonight. Uh, Morgan Riley. Uh, the success without Morgan Riley has been pretty good for the mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs. They got a good record without Morgan Riley of late or recently when he's not available. But plus 180 on the Blues tonight, who are very, very hot. Suddenly playing really good <laughs> hockey. Can't decide if they want to be a seller or a buyer, at least. It seems. Uh, I think that's a big price on the Blues tonight. Plus one eighty Maple Leafs team. That's kind of average right now. And also Wemby, thirty-one Defensive Player of the Year. If he's going to get ten blocks a game, that was crazy. Like, last why night. not?
0: Absolutely crazy. I wish I got a chance to see it. But I was not recovered until this morning. All right, uh, we're going to chat with Luke Fox on the other side of the break. Tee you up for Leafs Blues, which is next on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan. Um, I also have a best bet for tonight's game from the blues so it might work with yours we'll take a quick break we'll be back